Hello and welcome to Halo 7 Radio. I am Jessica DeLine and I am here with Jeffrey Tan. Hello everyone. And Rahul Seti. Hello and welcome. And Rick Sadres. I'm usually before him, so I think he was expecting <laughs> I think he was expecting was, to follow me. It was the order it was the order that everybody joined on the podcast that I was reading. <laughs> so welcome everybody. We have a special edition podcast for you this week. And we are going to be talking about the incidents of the past week or so. Um, we're going to be talking about that slide at home, not it, not slide, the collision at home between Jake Marisnik and Jonathan LaCroix that sent uh, LaCroix to the hospital. In fact, he just came back from the hospital, I believe, with, or he just had surgery. Um, we're recording this on Thursday, and, and there he was in the dugout. So we're going to be talking about that as well as um, Marisnik getting hit by a pitch and the Noe Ramirez and Brad Osmus suspensions, if Anybody doesn't remember what happened, there's the short recap. Does anybody have anything else to add to that before we get into this? No. I think you covered it all. The suspensions, two games for Marisnik, three games for Noe, and one game for Brad Osmus. Yep. Correct. <laughs> Alright, well let, well let's get into this. Let's let's get into what started this. The collision or attempted slide, depending on if you're an Astros fan or not, at home plate. Um, <laughs> that's that started that started all of this. Uh, what do you what do you guys think? Who wants to start on that one? Well, if you're an Astros fan, actually, it was Lucroy's fault. <laughs> Ooh. I mean that that's that is kind of what some people have said, right? That he, yeah, he okay, stepped well, over. He stepped outside the line or something. Right. So I guess I can start here. Um, so if you actually go ahead and watch the play again. Um, we can see that Cole Calhoun's throw takes Lucroy. It looks like it's going to take Lucroy back a few steps. And so if Marisnik had taken the outside line to the plate, then he would have been gunned down for sure on the tag. So what he does is he decides to go inside, and then he realizes that he's way inside the line and he needs to get back somehow. And that sets up a head-on-head collision between him and running full speed into Jonathan Lucroy, who is completely defenseless and um, gets a concussion and, as you said, gets sent to the hospital. Um, so I don't think that it was an intentionally dirty play, but it was definitely against the rules because it left a catcher clearly defenseless from a runner running at full speed and you know, that's not acceptable um, in any case. I don't know what you were watching. <laughs> <laughs> it's certainly not uh, acceptable. He already was on the outside part of uh, outside of the line. No. Lucroy was inside, clearly, and he was not taken over the line. And I also think that Marisnik would have been safe if he had just stayed in his lane. I'm saying, um, I'm saying the throw... Marisnik anticipated the throw to take Lucroy back a few steps, which is why if he had taken the outside line, he would have been out for sure. That's Marisnik didn't anticipate anything. <laughs> he didn't even know where the ball was. Yeah. He didn't even look. Yeah, I think I think I don't first of all, the point about it being against the rules, I don't think anyone except Astros fans are disputing that it was against the rules because Lucroy had the baseline 
and he pretty much had the ball. Like, the ball was at his glove, and he wasn't blocking any part of the lane in which Marizic could have slid. Um, as for your point about Lucroy moving to his left, I definitely agree, because what I saw when I saw it live, and in subsequent replays less so, but the most pronounced thing I saw when I was watching it live was that because the throw was a little up line, Lucroy shifted his body a little bit. And because as a runner you're making decisions in split seconds, essentially, when he moved his glove ever so slightly, Marizic may have thought that Lucroy is actually going to cut into the baseline and then therefore went on the inside instead. It wasn't a good decision, obviously, but right. it, I defend the decision. It's a terrible decision. I don't understand how you can defend it because here's the thing. If Lucroy does get in Marisnik's way, then Marisnik does have the right to go through him or to just stop there and to contest with the umpire that, hey, he was blocking the plate. I had no lane. It's a terrible decision. There's absolutely no reason to go inside the line ever. Well, there ever. was no reason. Yeah, no he wouldn't, one, <laughs> he wouldn't <laughs> have been safe either. There's no way he would have been close to the plate, that angle he took. No one why. goes into a slide wanting to collide with someone. So if he thought that going inside would avoid a collision, then he's justified in doing so. Yeah. I completely disagree. <laughs> that That's his argument that he went inside to, to avoid the collision, but it makes absolutely zero sense because LaCroix never moved from inside the baseline. The, the throw came in from Cole Calhoun, who's always very accurate. There, there was no reason to think that LaCroix was going to end up on the other side of that line. These if are anything, professional baseball players. Yeah. I mean, this isn't Little League, okay? When I was in Little League, I might have tried to go inside the line. But come on now. These people have been trained to do this their entire lives. That's just ridiculous. Like, there's no, there's never a reason to go inside the line, ever. Right. If, you think they, if you think you have to go inside the line to get around the catcher, then guess what? He's blocking the base path, and you're safe. <laughs> yeah. And we, we've also seen umpires butcher that call before. It's a tie game he wants to score, and you never know. They might, they might screw up the call. He runs into Luke Roy, and he's blocking the lane. He might get called out. You never know with the umpires these days. But he had no intention of sliding. The way that he came in with his shoulder, that's not how you slide. What's yeah. not how you head first that's slide. True. That's true. And explicitly against the rules, too. Once again, this is where I disagree, and this is probably where I differ for the majority of Angels fans. Because when you see him dive to the inside, it's not like he's extending his shoulder into Luke Roy. It just so happens that with that direction, his right shoulder happens to be into the catcher. I don't think he intended to hit Lucroy, even though. But even though you guys think that going to the inside, once he made that decision, he wanted to hit Lucroy, I don't think he wanted to. Certainly does not look like it was intentional from the replay. <laughs> I completely disagree, really? and I'm not even I'm not even on <laughs> not, Jessica's side because Jessica thinks that like Marisnik was like straight up dirty about it. I don't think he was trying to be dirty. I think he was trying to disrupt the play, which is something that a well, that's quote unquote hard-nosed player would do you know i don't think it was necessarily like trying to harm lucroy i think it was trying to disrupt the play which is something that is like you know aggressive baseball but he did lower the shoulder which is straight up illegal okay no matter it, it, whether it's an accident or not so it's already going to get him i, I didn't think he should have been suspended actually personally but it is straight up illegal and against the rules so the suspension is completely warranted um, yes my, but, my, my point is that he didn't 
the shoulder happened to be there. He didn't intend to lower the shoulder. That that's my point. When you go, when you go, the shoulder just got in the way. Yeah, but you, as you said, like you wanted to hit him with the shoulder. That's your whole argument, right, Rick? No, that's not the point. The point is he did it. I agree that. that yeah, yeah, we all agree that he did it. Yeah, no, we I all do agree that he did it. That was that was a separate point, but no, the, that's make, not the point. I he think didn't he was have intentionally. The I think he intentionally went inside the line to disrupt the play, but I don't think he meant to hurt Lucroy. That's what I think. Do you do you think he intended to make contact with Lucroy? I definitely did. Personally, okay. I yeah, don't. I, think, I don't think so. I don't think that he had. I don't personally. I don't even think he had enough time to think about like properly assess which thing he should do, and he sort of did whatever he could in that moment that's really what i think and i don't think that it was his intent to one be malicious and two you know get into a collision in the first place i think it just so happened where he tried to avoid it by taking the inside and then he just realized that you know he realized where home plate was and he had to get back to that so lucro is you know the person standing in the way of that that's what i think that makes no sense. <laughs> <laughs> he was staring straight ahead the whole time. He knew where home plate was. Like, when you look at the actual replay, as you've been doing, yes, you can see him clearly make a step to the left, but his head never never freaking deviated. It was always straight ahead. He had his eyes locked on Lucroy the entire time, which means that, yes, he knows where the plate is as well. He never turned to the left to see where the ball was. He wasn't distracted by anything. Well, because, okay, first of all, turning, <laughs> looking at the ball won't help anything. You can't determine if the ball is going short, unless it's, like, a really bad throw. You won't be able to determine if it's, like, offline or a little bit behind the catcher or in front of the catcher. You can't determine that by when you're sprinting down the baseline looking at the ball. The second point is... When you say that you never go to the inside, well, most runners that are rounding, that are coming home, they're rounding third. They're not coming straight from third. So they naturally are wider than Marisnik was. Marisnik, because it was a sack fly attempt, he's sprinting straight uh, from third to home. So it's actually justifiable to go inside there because of the line he's taking. If he was at second and was rounding third, then there's no reason to go inside. That makes even less sense. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> how does that? Yeah. How does that make any less sense? Yeah. How does it make less? That sense? makes that makes more sense. You're saying it does. You're saying that it's okay for him to go inside the line because he's going straight. That makes zero sense no, at all. No, if you think about it, if you're rounding third, you're... he's not rounding home. Okay, he's not taking the inside corner of home plate. Like exactly. he's going so straight. He, he can touch. He can touch home plate anywhere he wants. And most runners do go for the outside, that outside corner, the bottom of the diamond triangle shape. But it, as long as he gets a part of it, so if he's trying to get the part, when he goes inside, he's trying to get the part that's nearest the a left-handed batter's right foot. Okay. Uh, nope. Nobody slides that way. <laughs> but they could re- they could reasonably do that. It's not an unreasonable you know thing to imagine him doing that. Yeah, and I'm saying. Rewatch his angle. And and imagine him reaching over and trying to grab the plate. He he didn't have the angle to do that. Maybe maybe his uh, fingertip hits it. 
I'm just responding to the argument that no one goes to the inside. And the reason that you see the majority of runners go to the outside is because they're rounding third and are wider. And it, therefore, it makes zero sense to cut back inside once you're already on in foul territory. Well, that's true. And the other reason why they don't go inside is that's where the catcher is generally set up. He was in foul territory initially. Marisma I mean, was. Not that's what extent, it doesn't make any sense. Not to the extent that most runners are. Most runners are not like really. actually in foul he looks, territory. Marisnik looks like he's basically right down the line, and then he takes that one step in with his left foot, and then, you know, obviously takes Lucre out. Which is A, unnecessary, and B, I mean, it looks, if anything, more like he tripped. That would be more of an excuse, but he didn't say that. Yeah. There's no be. way he tripped. Yeah. <laughs> it looks like he so, stumbles, but that's not what happened. And so. I just want to clarify, we'll probably move on with, from this because we're not going to all agree on what happened there. But I, I don't think he's tried to maliciously hurt him, but I do think he tried to intentionally hit him to knock the ball out. I do too. But Yeah, I don't think he was trying to be malicious with it. He just wanted to interrupt the play, and he did something illegal because you can't do that. Yep. So... <laughs> Does anybody have any more to add on that before we go to the next next part of this? No, I'm good. We can so, all be friends. We can all be friends. <laughs> so as a result of that, um, he was suspended for two games. And this was, when did this happen? About a week ago? Yeah, so Monday. Right. So no, he was, during the All-Star break. Oh, yeah, it did happen right after that, yeah. So he was suspended for two games, and then the Astros came to town. <laughs> and then... Noe Ramirez comes in the game on, was that Tuesday? Yeah, Tuesday, because he's got to be Monday. Tuesday. Yeah. Because yep. we were at that game, Jessica. Yeah, we were at that game. That was on Tuesday, right? <laughs> so, yeah, enter Noe Ramirez throwing at Marisnik or a ball that got away. My initial. In the post game, I even said it too. My initial idea was that it was not intentional because why would you throw two pitches toward the strike zone and then hit him and just waste two pitches for no reason? Um, I didn't understand that at all. But based on the interviews with him and the ways he's responded to it, it seems as though it was intentional. Maybe not hitting close to his head. Uh, maybe it slipped upward a little bit more than he meant to. Um, but I do think I have to retract what I said earlier about um, the other day about it might not being intentional. I think it was now. <laughs> I'm actually there too because I, looking at the first, I didn't see this game um, because I was uh, about. Uh, but an, on initial, about <laughs> I, was, I was out and about. Okay, uh, on initial, uh, you were I, out in the boot. I too am about. <laughs> Okay, uh, when I first saw the replay of the pitch hitting Marisnik, I didn't think it was a Tesla either. Uh, but after like thinking about it and hearing the quotes and stuff from everyone, I think I'm kind of sure. So I've come to the kind of sure, like 60-70% that it was a Tesla. And I won't, I won't make any firm conclusions because I don't know for sure. And I, while I am against retaliation and hitting batters in general, I will say that baseball players do accept that this is a part of the game, and I'm fine with everything that happens, intentional or not. Yeah, I would have preferred. I would have preferred him throw behind his back. I'm not a big fan, especially when it can hit you in the head and cause some serious damage. Um, but had he thrown behind his back, I would have been fine with that. 
Yeah, I think... I, th I, th I think the intention was, look, you hurt one of our players pretty bad, and you need to know that we're not happy about it. Yeah, I think... I don't disagree with him throwing, <clears throat> you know, a 90-mile-per-hour fastball um, at Jake Marisnik, but... I don't think that it should have had as much running action as it did. And it definitely, as you said, should have been to his lower back as opposed to his upper body. Um, yeah, I think looking at um, Noe's body language after he threw that pitch, because he definitely, there's no doubt that he dropped his elbow um, on the pitch. But after he released it and it hits Jake Marisnik, Jake Marisnik doesn't make any eye contact with Noe Ramirez and just gets down the first baseline. Um, Noe takes a few steps right after he releases it. He takes a few steps towards the mound and towards home plate as if to say, hey, Wait, here he, ta I am. he takes a few steps towards the mound and I was thinking the same thing. <laughs> towards, towards home plate. I'm sorry. He not, steps not straight downward. That's where the mound is. <laughs> his right foot went towards the mound and his left foot went towards home. So he's doing the splits. <laughs> he's not doing the splits. But he, he, after he throws the pitch, he takes a few steps towards home plate as if to say, hey, come at me. You know? And hmm. so it was definitely intentional. There's yeah. no doubt about it. Well, the one thing I will add on to this is that I also, as you know, I got, I don't ever agree with throwing at somebody, um, but it definitely makes it less severe that they had no way Ramirez do it. And actually, according to Osmus's quotes, um, he did not instruct no way to do that. I don't know if I believe it, but <laughs> Osmus said that like it was the player and it's coming down on him. So it made it sound like he was not defend, like he wasn't defending no way. So yeah. it really it yeah, sounds it, like it made it, it sound like he thought that Noe did it on purpose, but that he hadn't told him to, which yeah. definitely sounds like something he would say if he told Noe to do it. <laughs> because, <laughs> like, because otherwise he would just say it slipped. Like most managers say it slipped. Yeah. But yeah. Right, right. no manager tells the truth that it was the pitcher's own decision. Exactly. So that, that's, that's what true. made they that's never, what, they never would. Yeah, that's what made me like a little more iffy. That was probably intentional. It was probably like a team-wide thing they had a discussion. Um, but the other thing is that the Astros' offense is good, and it was only a 6-2 game. So putting a right. runner on there, yeah. you never know if it could spark something. Ultimately, the Angels did end up winning, uh, thank goodness. But you never so, know. And, and that's the question before we talk about the suspensions is do we think – I think we, we, we're all under agreement that it was intentional. Do we think Brad Osmus has any had any influence on this? His his quotes make it so I don't really know. Like honestly, like I thought, yeah. I thought like I said, like you said that, you know, he would be defending his pitcher, defending his team. But it sounded like he just kind of like put the blame on Noe for some reason. I've never seen that happen before. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've. I don't know what to make of it, just because Osmus himself, usually in post-game comments and things like that, interviews, you can't really get a good read on him, <laughs> no matter what he says. So it's kind of a 50-50 shot as opposed to, you know, did he call for it, did he not call for it? But as Rick alluded to, it is it was a, a reasonably close game um, based on their opponents, so there's no reason to put a runner on in that scenario. Um, but I, I don't think... I don't think that Osmus called for it, and it sounds like he didn't want to be suspended for what happened, too. 
um, and he had no choice. <laughs> I think at this point, I'd rather Osmus have had a role. Like in hindsight, now that it happened, I'd rather it was his decision than he having. I'm I can't grammar right now, but rather than him not having a role in the decision and the players going rogue. So what I'm saying is because we did throw at Mariznik, I'd rather it have been from the top. I, I, I get your point on that. And it also gives you the whole feeling of he's got their backs, right? Like he's like one of our players gets hurt, we're going to retaliate and he's going to tell the team. I don't know if he did that, but um, that, that, that's yeah, certainly that's what I prefer. A, yeah, that's certainly the action of a manager who is trying to stick up for the team versus what you said. Yeah, a rogue player. Yeah. Yep. All right, so that being said, the suspensions for the Angels, were they fair? Brad Osmus got suspended for one game, and managers can't appeal suspensions. Well, and they definitely no should have been suspended, but the length of time for no way, it, it doesn't make any sense to me. Okay. I know that you you and I agree about the intent of, <laughs> the intent of Marisnik, and, I mean, that's no better than intending to throw at a player. I mean, aside from the fact that like one was sent to the hospital and one was just fine, intention-wise, Marisnik, if he did do it on purpose, which I totally think he did, should have been suspended way more than just two games, and Noe should have been suspended fewer than him, or at least the same amount. There is no reason to for them to have for Noe to have more games because a ball slipped out of his hand and went a little bit higher than it was supposed to. I mean, that makes no sense. I I agree. The problem the problem is is apparently MLB has been giving pitchers three games for throwing at batters, but I don't think the Merzik penalty was enough. So blindsiding somebody is only Correct. two games. Yeah. <laughs> I think I that mean... system is broken, and I, I posted a tweet about that. Is MLB needs to suspend people based on the severity or potential injury that it causes to another player yeah i think if you look at the marisnik play again you know it's not out of the question that it was a possibility for lucroy for jonathan lucroy to never play in another game again um that's how bad that's how bad it was so i was surprised that despite in my opinion that there was no intent to Marisnik's play, that he only got two games. I think that's just unacceptable on the part of Major League Baseball and the commissioner's office. I think I think that, well, because of my views on the intent of Marisnik, I think that two games was fine, and I think it will get reduced to one on appeal. As for Jessica's point about Major League Baseball giving three games uh, for pitchers, remember when Jacob Ram, the Mets reliever, threw at Reese Hoskins earlier this year? No. He got a two-game suspension. He he threw at Hoskins' head, and he didn't hit him. So And he only got two games for that. So basically what Major League Baseball is saying is that because he sucked worse, he sucked more than Noe, he only gets a two-game suspension. So now they're, they're taking into account the result of the play, but then they're not doing that for Marisnik because he only got a two-game suspension. Or... So, yeah. or or because he didn't hit him that time and Noe hit him. Yeah, that's my point. Because now they're taking the the result, the the, the consequence, into account when it, rather than just the action itself. Which 
they didn't do for Marisnik. That's my point. That there's right. there's a little bit of discord here. And actually, uh, Rams suspension just got reduced to one game. So I think I think Noise might go down to to one or two. And you know something, I wanted to point this out. Um, there was talk, and I don't know if I ever found out the exact answer, but I think I heard that you can't that you lose a roster spot if you don't appeal. And so initially I was actually pretty mad that Mariznick didn't just accept it. And a lot of Astros fans were upset that Noe didn't just accept his suspension. But from what I think that they said, I think they said that you'll basically just be short a player. Yeah, you have, to, you have to be on the roster. It's just SSPD. Exactly. So I think it's definitely... There's never a reason not to appeal then, even if you think you're innocent. So yeah, I, I retract my anger about you mean that. Even if you think you're guilty, exactly. <laughs> even if you even yeah, if you're even guilty, if you think you're you even appeal. if you think you're even if you think you're innocent, you should appeal because you know you never know if you're innocent, you might not want to appeal. Is what Rick's saying? <laughs> no, I, think, I was not saying that. I don't think yeah. Marisnik actually thinks he was innocent. I think it was just <laughs> I think it was just talk. But whatever. Yeah. But yeah. I think the other problem I had with this was Brad Osmus getting suspended. Yeah, I don't think he should have been suspended. I don't understand why. And I posed this question, and some of the answers I got were, well, MLB thinks that the manager is complicit because they didn't tell them not to. It's like, well, H- Hector Neris was just suspended, and Gabe Kapler was not. So yeah, it makes no sense. Yeah. I mean, not that I think it mattered, matters in the grand scheme of things, but it just doesn't make any sense. Well, in Manfred's, in Manfred's defense, I mean, nobody can be as consistent as Trout, so. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, okay. Uh, uh. All right. Uh, the, the last thing I want to say on the subject is that Apparently, managers can't appeal. So, I have there's I, there's two responses I have to that. One is that either Major League Baseball is depriving MLB managers of due process and they're hurting the teams because what if Osmus happened to be innocent, you know, and he couldn't appeal? They they're not going to review him, interview him, talk to him. Like right. you're costing him a game right there. On the flip side, they might just be saying that managers are so useless that there's no point in appealing. He's just he's just useless. Like there's I no think... point there's no difference between him, Josh Paul, Mike Sosha, the bench coach, the guy off the street. You know, like managers are so useless, they might as well go sit out. Could be Rick. I kinda I thanks. Um, <laughs> I kinda wonder <laughs> I kinda wonder if a manager gets suspended for a really long time. I mean they're they're just guilty until I mean, there's there's no proving them innocent. They're just guilty, period. That's yeah. What, what? Yeah. What if you got into a brawl or something and like they gave him eighty games when it when it's like seven games, you know? Or you see Aaron Boone, you know, getting ejected today. What if he? <laughs> what if he got suspended for multiple games? Yeah, I think that's I think something. managers should really, you know, form some type of union just to get that due process that yeah, you're saying. I, I think agree. that's so important. I mean, it's man- terrible, yeah. are managers protected under the players association? They're not players. So clearly not. Yeah. This is this is a problem. Could you imagine could you imagine a manager walkout? <laughs> <laughs> just no managers, just the players. And baseball wow. teams are like, well, it it doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> Billy Upler would just sit in the dugout. <laughs> I mean, 
Who would we have to criticize if managers weren't there? That's true. Fair. Somebody has to be the scapegoat. Um, I wanted to cover one more thing on this as well. And that is the Angels fans' reactions to the whole situation. So Rahul and I were at the game, and anybody who watched it heard the booing every time Jake Marisnik came to the plate. Uh, it was it was very, very loud. There was a lot of people there that night as well on Tuesday night. I didn't necessarily have a problem with that, but I think it's ran its course, especially after he got hit. Yeah. And I think that the fans still doing it, it's like, okay, okay, we're done. Like, it's over. Let's move on. Let's not boo him. He's not the world's most horrible person. <laughs> so hopefully fans will start to move on from that. The Angels fans' reactions um, from from these set of games towards Jake Marisnik was probably, you know, the most riled up that I've seen Angels fans in a long, long time. Um, and now that this has run its course, I think it's time to understand that it was just a simple tit for tat and enough is enough. And you're not going to get anything out of this by, you know, dragging this out and continuing this and making a, a bigger spat with Astros fans and just engaging barbs. It doesn't help anyone. I think that, um, I think a lot of those, maybe not like necessarily at the game, but like, I think a lot of the venom towards Marisnik came just from social media, to be honest, because <laughs> seeing some of the things that the Astros fans were saying, um, even just after Marisnik bowled over Lucroy, the defensiveness and the clear homer bias was really, really hard to watch. But then after Marisnik was getting booed, you heard like Astros fans on social media and stuff saying terrible things about like Tyler Skaggs and stuff. And that just only made Angels fans angrier. I think that uh, the Astros fans totally deserved the booing, even though I don't really care for booing myself. I don't, I mean, I enjoy watching a lot of players on a lot of teams, so I don't really care for that kind of thing. But Traitor. Boo. It definitely. <laughs> you enjoy watching other teams? But it definitely um, <laughs> didn't make me feel bad to see Astros fans getting even angrier after some of the things they were saying. This is an Angels podcast, Rick. I know, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> it was nice to see Astros fans get angry. A little inside joke for those of you who heard us last time. <laughs> but I, I, I don't really care I mean, for booing most of the times. But it, like you said, it was actually really nice to see the, the stadium so um, attentive to the game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> To put it one way. <laughs> yep. Agreed. Great. Uh, thanks for joining us, everyone. We'll talk to you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.